This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 2nd, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Some new research indicates that domestic labor markets aren't very flexible when faced with the rigors imposed by free trade. Whether or not that's a problem caused by trade is another matter entirely. So says Dan Eikenson, director of the Herbert A. Stiefel Center for Trade Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. All of our trade people here at the Cato Institute like to say, trade is good. Yes. And uh, because if it weren't good, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> and um, But there's a, a paper here noted by Noah Smith, by David Otter, David Dorn, and Gordon Hansen, The China Shock, Learning from Labor Market Adjustment to Large Changes in Trade. And the argument is that essentially American workers have not effectively adjusted to a great deal of the expansion of trade between China and the United States. Right. So, what is the what is the argument here, and uh, how do you think about it? Yeah, I, I think this is pretty decent research. Uh, these are reputable economists, uh, but as is so often the case when a new academic paper uh, hits the press, uh, the results are being, to a certain extent, uh, misused, misappropriated. Uh, we see a lot of uh, um, left-leaning journalists s- suggesting that this is an indictment of free trade uh, and uh, that free traders need to uh, apologize uh, for the errors of their ways. This, this paper does nothing to uh, indict the premises of free trade, which is that free trade is probably the most efficient way to uh, grow an economy. It, it enables us to specialize and enables us to uh, enjoy economies of scale, which grows the pie. Uh, free trade theorists say there will be some beneficiaries and, and, and some losers, uh, but the benefits will uh, vastly outweigh the costs. And, and that is not uh, under scrutiny here, and that is not being called into question here. This research uh, is somewhat groundbreaking just in the methodological approach that was taken. And what, they, what the researchers found uh, was that workers in industries that have been subject to a lot of trade with China over the past 15 years uh, have had a hard time finding new jobs. Uh, and it's not just uh, workers in those primary industries that lose their jobs and have a hard time moving on, but it's uh, secondary industries in, the, in, the, in those regions. Now, this doesn't speak to the, the efficacy of, of free or propriety of free trade. This speaks to uh, the, the distribution of that big pie, the bigger pie that free trade creates. This is, this is about social policies. This is about economic policies. Why, for example, uh, is so much foreign investment and domestic investment going to right-to-work states, uh, going to the American South? Uh, a lot of the regions that were afflicted uh, by trade with China, where there were these costs and displaced workers, have pretty bad policies. Uh, they're you know generally pro-union and uh, high tax, uh, been anti-business. So there's a lesson to be learned there. Uh, we need to adopt good policies. We need to reduce frictions in the labor market. We need to uh, make it less expensive to hire and fire people. And we need to make uh, enable people to be more more portable. Uh, so have health care that they can take with them, perhaps, have an open market for health care so that you can actually uh, move from one state to another without in- incurring those kinds of costs. So uh, th- there is, uh, unfortunately, it's in the midst of this uh, presidential election campaign where trade has uh, 
has been fairly topical. Uh, Donald Trump uh, talking about a 45 percent uh, tariff on all imports from China. This this kind of research would seem to support his uh, his uh, populist approach, but it, it doesn't have anything to do with it, really. You say that it's important to separate out the effect of trade, which is a larger pie, uh, perhaps uh, unevenly distributed, but it's also important to note how much foreign investment is done in the United States. Right. There is a lot of foreign investment in the United States because it still is a, a, a very promising economy. There are lots of benefits to operating in the United States, it's just important to realize that um, when you w- 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 the the free trade theorists uh, don't speak about jobs, they don't say that free trade is going to create more jobs. They say it will create better jobs as the economy adjusts to higher value added, higher skilled uh, uh, types of types of types of labor. Uh, we need to facilitate that process. Um, so what Noah Smith and others who are asking uh, free traders to uh, come and seek forgiveness over is this idea that, uh, that they've sold workers up the river and that we should be preserving the status quo. Do, do we really want policies that keep people locked in low-wage jobs and to keep them lower-skilled? Uh, we want to facilitate the process of moving workers up the value chain. And I think we have policies in place that are in, sort of inhibiting that. Um, we, the, the, the social contract with free trade, with free trade agreements has been this thing called trade adjustment assistance, which has been a miserable failure. It's been around since 1962. It's basically an extension of unemployment and the skills that are being taught to uh, workers who lose their jobs aren't particularly useful uh, going forward. I think it would be better to have producers, manufacturers, service providers hire people and have an apprentice type of program, apprenticeship sort of program. I don't know if you incentivize it in the tax code. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get too into the, those nuts and bolts. But the idea would be to pay companies to hire people to train them to have the skills that they know will be necessary, at least for the next few years going forward. What does the economics literature have to say about uh, the idea that you know trade tends to lower prices, uh, but it also disrupts uh, some domestic industry? Yeah. And I think uh, Noah Smith and others are characterizing this as a um, efficiency gains, lo- you know, lower prices versus jobs. And, and they're trying to make the point that why should you care about having paying a dollar less for your shirt if you don't have a job? Uh, there's, shouldn't we be concerned about uh, people's livelihoods? Uh, yes, we should be con- concerned about people's livelihoods, no doubt about that. Uh, one thing that the economists who, who wrote this paper didn't account for is lower prices don't just mean that you as an individual or as a family uh, are, are enjoying lower prices, but with the extra money that you have uh, can be saved or it can be spent. And either way, it uh, undergirds investment and value-added creation and jobs uh, that that go with that value. So when we talk about particular industries that were hard hit because of competing directly with China, uh, there are other industries that uh, are getting a big boost from this because spending is, uh, is being shifted. Or there's more money to save, which is then borrowed by entrepreneurs and, and, and put to good use. So. Uh, 
there is a tendency here uh, among the media, I think, to look at the sensational sound bites to be extracted from this this research. Uh, but there is a bigger picture. It's, again, you know, that which is seen and that which is unseen. Dan Eikenson directs trade policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app. And follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. <laughs>